Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious lolly Focus Pops or lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello and welcome. This is Colleen O'Grady, the host of the Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. This is a gathering place for moms to be encouraged, nurtured, and inspired. Also, you'll learn the latest in teen research and trends and get practical parenting tips. You really can improve your relationship with your teen and enjoy the teenage years. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everyone, to the 184th episode of Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. I'm Colleen O'Grady, the host of the show. In this episode, I share an interview that I did with Allison Conlon. It was part of a virtual summit called Best Mom Ever, which was a free virtual event with top global experts. The name of my talk was Homestretch, Delighting in Your Teens Junior Senior Year. The question that plagues moms junior and senior year is, will my daughter be ready to leave home? It can feel like she'll never be ready and you're running out of time. So in this episode, I discuss how to enjoy these last few years with your teen and why it can be so hard. Also, what is normal for teens before they take off into the world? The content I discuss comes from my best-selling book, Dial up the dream, make your daughter's journey to adulthood the best for both of you. If you like what you hear today, pick up your own copy of Dial up the Dream from wherever books are sold. If you have a junior or senior in high school, or if you just dropped your daughter off to college, or if you have a daughter between 17 to 25, I want to share this wonderful opportunity. On October 3rd, 
I am going to launch my first Dial Up the Dream Book Club Plus. This is a six-week virtual program for a small group of like-minded moms. Not only will I help you apply the content from Dial Up the Dream to your own life, but I will give everyone their own time to ask me anything, and I will give you practical tips that you can apply right away. I limit the number of Book Club Plus so that we really get to know each other and I get to know your family. Moms love these small groups because it's a safe place to let your guard down and be real. What moms find out is that they're not alone and what you're struggling with is what many moms struggle with. If you are interested in knowing more, you can email me at colleen at dialdownthedrama.com. You can go to my website at colleenogrady.com, and that's two L's and two E's, and get on my list or email me from there. The purpose of this group is to help prepare you for the next phase of mothering a late teen and an emerging young adult. I will coach you, support you, and help you get ready. If you want a strong relationship with your daughter junior year in high school through age 25, let me help you avoid so many of the common traps mothers fall into. I can help you know what to expect and give you the new tools that are needed for this next phase. Here with us today is Colleen O'Grady. I'm so happy to share her with you today. Colleen is a licensed therapist, coach, and trainer who helps moms reduce drama, reclaim their lives, and dial up the dreams with their teen and young adult daughters. After 50,000 hours of working with moms and daughters and having lived it with her own daughter, she published her award-winning and best-selling book, Dial Down the Drama, and her newest book, Dial Up the Dream. Colleen is the host of Power Your Parenting Moms and Teens podcast. In 2021, it was ranked the number one among podcasts on parenting teens. Welcome, Colleen. Thanks for coming today. I am so glad to be here. Thank you. Oh, it's a pleasure. So you talk in your new book, Dial Up the Dream. I love the title. Thank you. About how much pressure moms put on themselves, especially in these last two years of high school, from grades to SATs to college applications and scholarships. Why do you think we're putting so much pressure on ourselves in this role of parenthood? Well, it's interesting. I mean, I had to live it myself. And, you know, I see clients and I work with moms all over the world. And it just seems to be a universal thing for moms. Like you, you might feel the pressure sophomore year in high school, but there's something about the junior year that it just, you just dial up the pressure. And it's not, it's not just you moms. It's the culture that we live in. There is so much pressure on us to get our kids to have the right data points, to make the right grades. And the school counselors are scaring the kids and scaring us. And it really is kind of a scarcity mentality. And mm -hmm. Like there's not a way to be successful. And it's, that is just not true. And, it, and I really hate that because it, that whole scarcity model makes, it just robs moms of really enjoying these junior, senior year and, and the kids, the teens, the daughters. 
Yeah. And in your book, you really talk about how your relationship with your daughter is so important to you and how deeply and dearly you love her and you treasure the time that you spend together. How can moms take a little bit of pressure off themselves for this time so that they can enjoy their daughters? Yes, yes. That is a great question. And a lot of the answer even kind of goes back to my first book, Dialed Down the Drama. Because in that book, I really talk about how moms, to be a really good mother starts with you taking really, really good care of yourself. Mm -hmm. And it means you're like, you're not just a mother machine. Right. (laughs) You know, and sometimes we just feel like we're mother machines, but you get to be you and you get to take care of your heart and soul and mind and body and be interested in things and follow your own interests and have some time to sit down, to have some downtime. You need that to stay centered. If we get on this hamster wheel of pressure, well, it's like we are just, you can just see that hamster wheel just picking up speed, picking up speed, picking up speed. And then what we're sending out into the world is stress, anxiety, and pressure. For us as moms to stay grounded and do the things that we need to do to stay grounded is so important because our energy impacts our daughters. And if we are stressed, that's the energy we give out. If we're calm and we've taken good care of ourselves, then that's the energy that we give out. So I think part of it is goes into moms being intentional because intentional meaning that we set the direction for our life and our families instead of us getting carried away with all the pressure in our culture. Yeah, that's, and that's a, that's a big thing too, to actually accomplish that, to actually take the time to be grounded and to have the perspective of, you know, I will have more time if I take care of myself than if I run myself ragged. I will have more energy for the things I need to do if I take that walk, if I take my lunch outside, if I take my lunch away from my desk or whatever it is that you need to do. If you set that boundary for that person that you really don't have the energy to spend time with right now, it's really, really tough to do. You know, we all, we all talk about it. Yeah. Self-care, but like actually doing it is such a challenge sometimes a learning process. Right. Right. And that, yeah. And so in Dial Down the Drama, I start off with some powerless parenting messages like it's selfish to pay attention to me. And that just feels like that's true. And it's really not true. It disempowers you as a mom to feel it's selfish to pay attention to you. And, and it's not just, you know, giving you the permission to take great care of yourself, but paying attention to you is also paying attention to when you're exhausted, when you're stressed out, when you're all in worry, when you're when you're just like hijacked by fear. If you're not paying attention to yourself, you don't know that. So I think this also goes into the perfectionism that's in our culture. Like we have to have the perfect daughter. We have to be the perfect mom. Mm -hmm. And and that underneath that is shame because none of us are hitting that mark. None of us. I mean, I wrote the damn book. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and how could we? How could we hit that mark? It's so impossible. <laughs> right. And I I live, I live like the down on the drama is really from middle school to about 
you know, mid high school and then dial up the dream is from 17 on. And I have lived it with my daughter. You know, I've been an academic for years. And if I had written this book without having parented my own daughter, it would be such a different book. I mean, mothering is humbling. And so, yes, we get caught in this pressure like everyone else. And so it takes a lot of work to say, you know what? My daughter's going to be okay. My daughter is going to be okay. And one of the things I talk about in that chapter and part of that intentionality is to get past the fear. And one way you can do that is in just a real simple practice, which is what is one thing that I'm grateful for, for my daughter or my team today? What is one thing where I see my daughter or my team making progress? What's one thing that I delight in, in my daughter? Because what fear does, and when you're in that fear place, that junior, senior year is like everything we see out of this one lens in terms of making A's. And so we see our daughter, you know, in a room just chilling and laughing and we think she's wasting time, Ah! (laughs) you know, like, and so we miss her, we miss him. And so when you refocus and like, what am I grateful for? I'm grateful that I have a healthy kid. Oh my gosh. It's huge. Right. What's where, where do I see them making progress? She actually came and said, can I help you in the kitchen? That's weird. I'll take it. Amazing. Yes. (laughs) What's what's one thing that I delight in? And you know, okay, this one is really big because Mm -hmm. in my book, Dallop the Dream, I talked to the moms whose daughters had already kind of left home and gone to college. And I said, what do you miss? And the grief is so real. And the grief is very specific. So those things that you take for granted when they're juniors and seniors or even middle school years are these simple things like watching a movie on the bed with the dog. I mean, kajillion of posts came and said what they missed. And it was like, you know, every mom and daughter had kind of their thing. Like we go out and get coffee. You know, we do our, we get a pedicure together. You know, I missed listening to her playing music. I miss her dancing around the house. You know, I miss us cooking or baking together. So these things, is the, if you start now, what do you delight in in your daughter? It helps you pay attention to these, these wonderful parts of them. It's, so when we're in fear, we are blinded to all the great things about your daughter. And yeah. so what we're doing is... We're in fear because we're afraid that she's not going to make it. And our daughters or sons pick up on our not believing in them. And I just I just had a post on my social media that one of the best things that we can do for our kids is to hold hope. We need to hold hope for our sons and daughters. We need to believe in them and they need to know that we believe in them. And when we get, when we get into hyper monitor mode, which is when you say, give me your phone, you know, you need to do your homework, you need to get up, you need to get dressed, you need to go to bed. And that's all we're doing. If we're doing this monitor mode, it's needed. But if that's all you have, 
it really feels to that kid like you don't believe in me. Right. And it's disempowering too. Yes. Very. Because they don't think that you think that they can do it if you don't tell them to do it. Another thing I really love about this delight, where do you find the delight with your teen is that that really is self-care in so many ways. You know, you're taking care of your energy and your thoughts and you're choosing what you're thinking. Yes. So let's talk a little bit about curiosity. I love that you point out that self-awareness is not this critical mean voice. What does asking questions in your relationship do for your teen daughter and for your relationship? Okay. Yeah, that's great. So in any relationship, if you feel like you already know, it can be kind of judgmental. Like yeah, with, that makes sense. With your spouse or whatever. It's like, I know you're like, you're not studying hard. Like I know you, but a lot of times that's not a positive thing. Right. It's your bias or judgment. And part of the thing of the magic of raising a teen is, I mean, teens get a bad rap. There's lots oh, of yeah. positive things about teens. Lots of it. In fact, Dr. Daniel Siegel talks about, he has an acronym called um, ESSENCE, and that stands for Emotional Spark, Social Engagement, Novelty, and Creative Exploration. And he said, our teens do this. They have essence. And essence is actually what we need as an adult to be vibrant, healthy, alive. So our teens are continuing to shift and change and grow and develop. Their brains, of course, we all know this by now, are continuing to develop. So you, you, every day you're going to have a new teen you know, <laughs> of, of how they conceptualize things, what they see. And so to have a sense of curiosity is really asking a question from an open place. You know, uh, you're allowing your teen and actually for yourself to show up and to learn new things. So asking a question from a curiosity with your teen, that allows them to actually open up to you. Instead of when they sense any version of judgment in your question, they like, you know, steel door, shut down. Right. But what I find, even in my therapy, just which I've done a million years, and so many teens have been brought to see me and they don't want to see me in those earlier years. Now I don't have any trouble, but they would be drawn, you know, they'd be forced to come to see me and they didn't want to talk. So I would just get curious. And so I would say, well, I know like every you know, high school has different groups of kids and like cliques. I mean, well, tell me about your high school and like, where, where do you fit into that? And what do you think about all of that? Now there's no judgment. I really don't know. I really am curious. And that is really hard to not say anything about. Even my most resistant clients would just tell me. So if this works in that situation, it's definitely going to work with a, a mom and a daughter or a mom and a son. And your teen wants you to understand, which actually works with spouses. Like, here's the deal. When I am speaking to moms, often I will... I will do the same where I pick one mom out of the audience and I treat the mom like I would if she was my daughter and I was monitoring her. And so I'd Ooh. say, so we'd be having lunch and I'd say, what's up with those pants? Like, why, <laughs> you know, why are, we, why are you wearing so much mascara? Like, did you wash your hair? 
Like, oh my gosh. Like, like uh, <laughs> do you really need that dessert? And so I said, here's the deal. If we did that to a friend, they would never have lunch with us again. We expect our daughters to say, thank you, mom. Thank you for just pointing all these things out in me. Our teens are really just mini us's. They, they're just, they, they have the same needs that we do. So they want to be understood and curiosity helps us understand them. Yeah, that's really important. And especially as they try on different identities and figure out who they are and they go through this process of changing, like they want to make sure that you're still going to accept them as the person that they're becoming. So that's really powerful to just keep asking questions and keep being curious. I love that. Yeah. And that it's not critical. It's always open. It's always curious. I love that. There's no judgment in a question like that. I mean, again, sometimes you have to ask the monitor questions, but you just don't want that to be the 24 seven way you communicate to your team or they will completely avoid you and just stay in their room or never want to be there. Yeah. You talk about creating this holistic approach to parenting. And sometimes that means putting aside our agendas and really looking and taking time to connect with her. So, or him, if we're talking about sons here or non-binary children, and that's really important. And obviously the teens need the structure. They need the baby steps. They're not there yet. They're not fully developed yet. And so we have to have both pieces But when we are looking for that connection with our teens, what might her bids for your attention look like? Maybe in ways that we're not expecting or recognizing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's good news and bad news. (laughs) (laughs) And the good news is a lot of times they'll reach out to us when we're ready to go to bed. And (laughs) that's the good news. (laughs) At least, at least we know when to look for it. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's the kind of the bad news is we're tired and the good news is they want to talk to us. And the reason why that is, is because they have finally de-stressed from the day. Mm. And often moms will say, well, my kid doesn't want to hang out with me. My kid doesn't want to talk to me. But a lot of times it's on mom's agenda. So the absolute worst time, which is also mom's favorite time to try to catch up is in the car on the way to school and on the way home from school. And I noticed that when my daughter was in middle school, because like I would ask her questions like, Oh, did you you remember to bring your paper or whatever? And I would get one word answers and she was irritable. And I tried to make small talk and she was irritable and kind of slammed the door until I was like, Oh, My daughter is in stress response going to middle school and she's in stress response often coming home from school. Right. There's no more recess. There's no more downtime for these kids really by the time they're in middle school. Yeah. And so we're, we have no idea what's often say is under the tip of the iceberg. We see them being rude to us, but we don't know everything underneath the water, which means like their best friend might've just told her to, you know, F off or a rejection. She failed a test. You know, she feels criticized. All this stuff happens or you're worried about what's going to happen a lot of times in the car. Now, if you have a real happy girl who's really chatty, you just take the lead from her. But if you have one that's kind of quiet, you just, you know, maybe just listen to music. So you can't force your time to connect on your daughter or your son. But part of it is you want to look for those openings 
where they are making a little tiny bit. So that might mean that they kind of come into the kitchen and, you know, stick their hand in something that you're, you're cooking. And so you take advantage of those five to 10 minutes that they're talking. What you're looking for is 10 to 20 minutes every day that you're not being a monitor and you're just being there to connect. This is a time that you actually smile when you're with them and you're not frowning and your brows are not furrowed. I talk more about this on my TEDx talk about these ways of connecting. But the thing is, when your kids don't talk to you, it's because they expect you to judge them or tell them to do something that they don't want to do. So you want to intentionally, in 10 minutes or 20 minutes, create little experiences where you're just having fun together, that you're delighting in something together where she knows there's safe places that she knows mom is not going to criticize me. Mom is not going to judge me. Mom is not going to tell me something that I need to do. Now I had a mother and daughter. I mean, I see this all the time. So this mother wanted to have a better relationship with her daughter. And so she's going to take her to get coffee. But the thing is, this is the mom just, you know, hijacked the time and just said, okay, you haven't been doing this and you haven't been doing that and you haven't been doing this. And if you don't get, she ranted. Ah. So, this, so this daughter is never, ever going to go to Starbucks with her again. So I think you have to be really clear. Just hanging out at home, you don't have to be really clear. But if your daughter is hesitant to spend time with you, you have to say, look, you know, this is, you know, free zone. We're just going to have fun. I'm not going to bring up anything. This is just you and I having fun. Don't worry about anything. I'm not going to bring up any hard issue because they need to know that because we think about trust of us trusting our kids. Like, I don't know if I can trust my kids, but I don't think often we think about that our teens don't know if they can trust us. And I know we're their mothers, but if you're going to have a relationship that's really whole and beautiful and fun and loving and all the wonderful stuff, she has to be able to trust you. Yeah, that's, that's really important. And I think the way that you're saying it is like when you have that dedicated time with her to be present and just enjoy her company, if you can do that successfully and keep those other thoughts out of your mind, spend the time to get grounded and be very intentional about why you're doing what you're doing, then that actually opens up those opportunities for them to tell you what's really going on, what's really holding them back from being successful or motivated or whatever it is that, that this monitor is concerned about over here. Right. I would add, they may test the waters and they test the waters like they're in the shallow end of the pool and they'll test it by mom. Watch this TikTok video or YouTube video. Mm -hmm. And you're thinking, oh, I don't want to watch a dog jumping, you know, off a building video or whatever that is. But she's testing the waters. And if you, she sees you laugh, sees you enjoying that, she might show you something else that's a little bit deeper for her. And when she feels like she can trust you with that, then often if you ask a question at this point, she will do what I call it all down the drama is do the spontaneous conversation where she just takes off and talks about whatever. Often we kind of battle this forced conversation and that's like 20 little questions. And they're like, oh my gosh, what we're after 
is spontaneity of conversation because when she's relaxed with you and knows that you're not going to tell her that she can't go out and she has to clean the house, then she just, she'll just let you know everything you've wanted to know. She'll just start rattling on things. And you're going where even 45 minutes earlier, you might've asked a very direct question and she would have said, I don't know. But if you go with this time where you kind of walk through the shallow water, get up to your knees, and then a lot of times she'll just tell you everything. And again, that comes with curiosity. So you could ask a question, be curious about something that's really low key. Like, so tell me about soccer. Tell me about the boys, you know, about football. Uh, What are they like? What's the silly phrase that I keep hearing kids say, you know, like, you know, just get on their level and make it relax. Okay. So when, you know, on, on, like, what does this mean on when people put this on the phone? What does that mean? Oh my gosh. So, (laughs) you know, again, if they're kind of teaching you, they're, they're letting you know stuff. It quickly can be that they will open up and tell you everything you wanted to know. Mm -hmm. So thank you so much for all of that insight on how really to dig in and and get on the teens level. I think it's so, so valuable. So I want to direct us a little bit back to this older teens getting ready to move out of the house kind of energy and what this concern is for parents. So even though it's so simple, like I like that you put into perspective in your book, Dial Up the Dream, that nothing magic happens when we turn 18. The brain is still going through its remodeling process and that we don't have to blame ourselves or our parenting or our teens, that there are gaps in their maturity. Because I think just by their very nature, 18-year-olds are going to have gaps in their maturity. Can you expand on that a little bit for us? Because I loved how you talked about neuroscience and all of that in this book. I would love to. So this is actually why I wrote Dial Up the Dream, because... You know, I'm a, like a neuroscience geek. And so all the neuroscientists saying, well, the you know prefrontal cortex is not fully developed till 25 or even later in the 20s. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We are letting our teens leave the house at 18 and they do not have fully developed brains. And so I started thinking about this. And this time, like uh, this book is like from 17 to 25 like moms of 17 to 25 year olds. And I think these can be the most confusing years because the senior mom especially feels like, all right, graduate from high school, get accepted in college or whatever their next step is, done. And I think the senior is like, I am 18. And they, they're all puffed up about it. I am 18. <laughs> and finally, <laughs> I am 18. Get to do what I want. <laughs> And what makes it confusing is they are a legal adult and they have lots and lots and lots of rights as a legal adult. And yet, you know, those rental car companies don't rent to 18-year-olds. They rent to 25-year-olds. Yeah. (laughs) They kind of know the neuroscience. So I've heard a kajillion times with these moms of seniors. and, And the thing is, like, what's really hard for moms of juniors and senior years is that mothers don't share the hard stuff. A lot of times you feel pressured to share the accomplishments. 
oh, my daughter got into this college and she's making these great grades and she's doing really well here and she did her service project. But you're not really sharing the hard stuff and it is hard. So I hear from these moms because I get to hear what's really going on. And these moms will say, you can see the panic start to hit because mom feels this pressure to get their, their son and daughter perfect before they leave the house. You know, and this is unconscious. I mean, if we thought about it, of course, they're not going to be perfect. But unconsciously, our fear needs them to be perfect so we can relax. But what I hear then from moms is, like, how can my daughter go to college if she can't even? And then fill in the blank. She can't even make it to her job. She can't manage her money. She can't clean her room. She can't talk on the phone. You know, you know, she can't control her drinking. She can't control her smoking weed. Like, can't control her emotions. Right. It's a really hard, hard emotional time for moms. And I think part of the thing that I wrote this book for is I wanted moms to know what to expect. So someone wrote a review of, this is, you know, what to expect when you're expecting book for moms of 17 to 25 year olds. Right. <laughs> because, because I wanted to make you moms not feel like you're crazy. I wanted to tell you what it is really like and give you really practical tips to get through these years. And here's the thing. It's so confusing. And this ties into this, what I call the maturity gap. As moms are kind of told, well, you just need to let go at 18. Just let go. And that's true. And it's not true. Right. Because it sounds like to so many moms, this is a death. You know, she leaves and my child, it just feels like a complete death. There's so much grief. And there is relief too. But the truth is, she still needs you. You're not a monitor because you physically can't monitor. You're not physically present with her. And, but think about this, this immature person who's leaving your house. And if we ever doubt that, why is all the college movies about people being irresponsible? <laughs> there, I've never seen a college movie about responsible teens, you know? It wouldn't get good ratings. It'd be boring. <laughs> <laughs> it would be really boring. <laughs> so... The big developmental task really through the junior, senior year on is for this team to learn how to self-manage, is yeah. managing themselves. And when they are finally on their own, hello, they're not going to do that perfectly. They're not. No, they're not. I was a associate head resident for three years for a freshman dorm of 400 girls at University of Arkansas. I would see the parents who had kind of had their kids on choke chains and then just let them loose. Oops. And that did not go well because they had no practice in self-management. Right. Yes. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Beautiful. And then I think too, at that point, like as her maturity gap closes and, and you begin to see her more as an equal, like then that can continue to like expand into your relationship and you guys can grow closer as human beings. And I think that helps your ability to look at her the way that she needs you to look at her as she becomes an adult. That's really powerful. So what's your message of hope for moms today? Well, I have a story that's a message of hope. 
beautiful. I love stories. I was speaking at an adolescent young adult conference um, for therapists and psychologists and stuff. And so after I spoke about mother-daughter relationships, a woman who'd been a therapist for a while came up to me and she said, you know, my daughter hasn't spoken to me, you know, for 15 years. Wow. And she won't talk to me. And so I said, well, why don't you call her right now and tell her that you've been to a workshop about mother-daughter relationships and you've learned something about yourself and you'd like to share that with her. So the next day I'm getting a coffee and she finds me and she goes, oh my gosh, my daughter called me right back and we talked like we worked it all out and she's forgiven me. Oh, yay. So what I would say is your teens can be very forgiving. Now, here's where they will not be forgiving. They will not be forgiving if you don't ever own your stuff. Right. But when you own, and you don't have to own it all, and you own a piece of it, you own something, and you ask forgiveness, they're very forgiving. Like it's never too late to have a great relationship with your teen or your young adult. It's never too late. Yes. Ever. And it, you don't have to be the perfect mom. And you're not going to be the perfect mom. In fact, if you act like you're the perfect mom, they will hate you that you're trying to be so perfect. But what I find when I owned my own stuff with my daughter, she so quickly turned around. So quickly. Yeah. Our kids care what we think. They, they want to have a relationship with us. And another, and another <laughs> thing I would say is mom's, even if your kid is not a great student, they can be successful. Like my daughter didn't even go to college and I have like three master's degrees. So, so that was, took me a while to get used to. Right. That rocked your world, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> but my daughter has to have a super successful business. If your teen doesn't get into the dream college, if they don't have great grades, there are many, many paths to success. And what you as a mom want to do is you just want her to find the best next step to experience some growth and success. And you just build those stones until they, she reaches where she wants to go. Excellent. And I can only imagine how you probably felt in those situations where you were talking with other moms and they're like, oh, my daughter did all these things and got into this college and has this full ride. And you're like, yep, <laughs> that's wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> and and it turns out your daughter is a successful entrepreneur. So it all, you know, just giving her that grace and maintaining that relationship turned out to be so positive for you guys. So I love yeah. it. Yeah. So thank you so much for all this amazing insight on really how to build connection and maintain that balance and success in the relationship as well as in life with your daughters. Dial up the dream is available on Audible. Be sure to listen and give it a five-star rating. We'd love yes. to see your comments in there. Yes. And so Colleen, for our listeners who loved what you had to say and want to stay in touch with you, I know that you have an incredible free gift. Can you share with us a little bit about what that is for them? Yeah. I have an ebook that I would love to give you and it's called Seven Ways to Help Your Relationship with Your Teen and Yourself. Thank you so much for being our special guest today, Colleen. We're so glad to have you. Oh, it was very fun. I loved it. Beautiful. This concludes this week's episode of Power Your Parenting Moms with Teens podcast. 
If this podcast has been helpful, I would absolutely love it if you could go to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. This makes it easier for other moms like you to find the support and encouragement they need. Also, my award-winning, best-selling books, Dial Down the Drama, Reducing Conflict, Reconnecting with Your Teenage Daughter, and my newest release book, Dial Up the Dream, Making Your Daughter's Journey to Adulthood the Best for Both of You. You can find both of these books wherever books are sold. And you can find other great resources and contact me at ColleenOGrady.com. And that has two L's and two E's. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.